the idea that this person, even in hell, had authority over someone else. Oof. Here it is, right? Was like uh, not something that I had ever been taught about that story before. It's more about like hell is so bad he is just begging for a drip of water. But no, this man still thinks he has authority over another human. Yes. That can bring him a drop of water. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Dig News Streams podcast. I'm your host, Dave Capozzi. This week on the podcast, my new friend DJ Wilson joins me. DJ is a Southern guy who's always felt a little out of place. He works in tech, but he has these dreams of writing books and making films. And so we started on TikTok, which is where we met, to document van life. But he and his wife abandoned the van, so he started talking about things like inequality and injustice, which is how we connected. Uh, he goes by the handle Sorta Southern on TikTok, and I highly suggest you follow him for great content. If you want to keep up with the podcast, subscribe to whatever platform you're using to listen right now, and you can find a consistent conversation happening on TikTok if you search for my name, Dave Capozzi, and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Dig New Streams Podcast. Without further ado, my conversation with DJ Wilson. seem to occupy unique space on TikTok okay. that I don't see a whole lot of. And I thought I would, because the more I interact with people like you, right. you know, you, you think that the, the algorithm is going to give you more of that. I just haven't seen someone that's doing like local conversations about what, like how colonization and whiteness have been the story. And you're you're trying to deconstruct all of that so we can peel peel it back and see what's going on. I I just don't see a whole lot of that. There's a lot of people that do social justice stuff, right, right? Right. But it's just a very different thing. So I just find it so niche and unique. And I appreciate. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I again kind of fell into that one as well. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. How um, so? How so? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, initially just taking a step back, like for you know. The default setting for me was not like, oh, I'm going to be like someone who talks about um, any sort of, you know, social justice or anything of that nature. You know, I'm a I'm a white Southern guy. Uh, <laughs> cards are you, stacked against me as far you, as that goes. Yeah, you pigeonhole your uh, pigeonhole yourself there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and for that matter, you know, born born and raised poor and all that good stuff. So I mm. all of that going against me. You know, it's very much in cadence with the South. Yeah. Um, or, or could have been very much in cadence with the South. Um, that, but something just kind of, you know, stuck with me through growing up that um, there was inequality and um, an imbalance. And um, when I got onto TikTok, I don't, I don't know what hit me to start talking about that and then to bring <laughs> it into, you know, as I was looking at these big stories and this, the bigger history of things, I was looking around at uh, stuff happening locally and I was like, I don't know anything about where I'm from. Mm. You know, I don't know like the history of this place. Wow. I know like some stories here and there that I've heard and, and I know that um, it is 
a, a storied place. A lot has happened in in this in this little town of South Carolina. But I was like, I don't know much about what's what happened here that produced me. Yeah, and, and then like what is happening around us now, and so I just started to kind of dig into that and. Uh, it's just been an exciting journey. A lot of people don't like that. You know, a lot of people don't want to hear about the history and they blame, you know, they call you a race trader and stuff like that. It's like, I never signed Whoa, up for Whoa, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> I never signed up for race. <laughs> uh, I didn't wait, choose this team. You, you, um, you, I've never been, I've been called a lot of things, never a race <laughs> trader. Yeah. Is I this, think. is this a, uh, is this a common one? from where you where uh, yeah you it's it's pretty rare um but that's you know i've been called a race trader and a commie and wow um, what is that things of that nature what what is the root of that expression you know i i can't put my i can't put my finger on it because i before i ever got into like having these conversations and talking about these things i've always uh, joked that i thought white people were the most boring people on earth <laughs> so i was like i'm freaking I think there's 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 actually this show called You're the Worst. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but no. uh, it's set out in LA and it's a, a struggling writer and he's um he has this quote that is just one of my favorites. It says the death of any interesting neighborhood is the influx of white procreators. And <laughs> it's just like I a hundred percent agree with you. Yes. <laughs> You know, so I've always it's, just been like the white guy who is like made fun of white people for being kind of uh, blase and boring, but at the same time, you know, doing mostly in jest. Um, so I've never like when huh. people talk about like white culture, I'm like, what is what is that? I don't I don't I I don't know a lot of white culture other than wow. you know, down down here. It's like uh, salmon colored shorts and uh, sabagos <laughs> or whatever. Like is that <laughs> is that white culture? Because that's not me, man. No, no. Um, so did, have you always had this? Now, from what I gathered, did you grow up Christian? Yes, I grew up in the evangelical South. So I uh, I rebelled against it very early. Okay. Um, so that was another, I guess that's just, I've always been a kind of a Southern iconoclast in a sense. <laughs> um, Bucking against uh, the system. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, my but my family is very deeply uh, evangelical. and um, Still. Yes. Mm. Um but I, um, I was never, I, I didn't like it. And initially I didn't like it. Um, just because I would, I, I joke around with a buddy of mine. We have a, a longstanding, uh, Friday lunch where we get together and mm. I'm like the white guy that's born in the, and born and raised in the urban South. And he's the black guy that's born and raised in the, like on a farm, like, wow, so I love like it. fun, uh, interesting uh, dichotomy, but it was like, I didn't like church because my friends weren't allowed at my church, Whoa. which, you know, I, like to me, I will, I will maintain that. I think the, the Southern, the Southern church is still hold out of segregation. And, wow. Yes. Um, wow. So me going to school with a, uh, you know, very mixed and diverse uh, uh, group of children and kids my age mm. had a lot of black and black and brown friends and they were, and come to my church they had their own church so and, uh, you so you lived in the same area yeah. but you all went to different churches yeah, right yeah. so you had, you, had, you had white church and black church right so you know i will say this um and i'm not sure that you're how much you know about 
the Massachusetts, Boston area, a lot of my friends of color who will come from outside of the state will say that Boston's the most racist city they've ever been to. Wow. So, you know, we have this, we have this reputation well-deserved for being a liberal state. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we lead the way in a lot of those conversations, yep. but we also talk about holdout for segregation. We're one of the most segregated states in the country. So depending on where you go, you know, we have similar things. we got white church, we got black church. Uh, And I think that's a pretty common story. One of the things that I found interesting about the South, my little experience down there, Tennessee, Virginia, a couple other places, is that you're a lot more integrated than we are up here. People do shop in grocery stores together from different races and cultures. Yeah, unless you're in a city around here, that's not happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, you know, the Baptist, the Baptist, uh, which is the the predominant um, um, flavor of Christianity in this area (laughs) is uh, highly segregated in that sense. But the Pentecostal, um, you'll find a lot more of a a mixture there. Yes, for sure. Uh, So you've so whether it was in church or just white culture, whatever that means, or like your own experience of being where you are, you haven't connected with the broader narrative. Right. So what have you ever been able to pinpoint what that is about yourself or is it just <laughs> <Yeah>. kind of like <laughs> I don't know man I have like the southern thing is always kind of like I'm on the cusp of like getting it but at the same time I've never understood it yeah um, I've never understood I don't know what it is in me about you know the I, I don't have like a pride in place mm. like I'm from here and I've I've lived elsewhere I've lived in New York City and Los Angeles um, but I, I moved back, but I don't like, feel like, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. You know, yeah. I, I don't feel that. I don't feel like, you know, the, the American exceptionalism thing. Mm. I just never felt like this. Like you've got to tell me there's a, I've got to understand the reason why. Right. You know? and right. I think that that's like, I'm, I've just always been a tinkerer in that way. Like whether it's a, a toy or a computer or, an ideology i have to like pick it apart and know why i'm supposed to think and feel this way mm. and then more than likely i'm going to have questions <laughs> no matter what yeah typically they're the questions that people don't want to answer right so, well um, yeah that's interesting so has that been a challenge for your family like have you has uh, it been difficult that you're no longer uh you know um an evangelical that you you don't have a pride in the south or whatever that means is that is i would there, say with not, thanksgiving coming up <laughs> <laughs> not really uh early on because uh as as people tend to do when they step away from things whether it be religion or smoking or drinking they're very loud in in opposition of it so yeah i did not move away quietly originally, <laughs> originally. so um i had softened over the years mm. and so while i am, am not a participant I am uh, not a uh, someone banging a drum against it. Uh, You're not so an antagonist. Speak. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I find, as far as yeah. like the South goes, I'm just like, if somebody says something dumb, I'll just kind of, you know, hey, historically that's inaccurate. And um, <laughs> here's why. Yeah. And, well, you, yeah, you do have a, a pretty even keel approach when it comes to a lot of these conversations. And like, you, right. you know, I think one of the things that I'm always wondering is what's going to help someone to see your perspective? 
when you're right you know i i feel like from for me it's like i'm trying to share so that you can understand my not necessarily just my perspective but the perspective of a lot of people you know my content is around a lot of like people who've left the evangelical church and why yes and i'm trying to create a conversation around understanding do you find that with your content which is a lot of focus on like what's happening and that you do stuff about mortgage rates and prices and how those things impact people of different socioeconomic statuses, which I think is incredibly crucial conversation. Right. Do you find at least within this context, because the algorithm probably has no idea what to do with you, like that you get pushback <laughs> from, from people uh, on it? I, yeah. The algorithm is funny. Because it's <laughs> like it's the video I spend the most time creating and like, producing and like doing all putting all this into that one will flop yep every time it'll be the video that i'm just holding the camera out and shooting off the cuff and then yeah that one gets tens of thousands of views (laughs) and all this interaction on it every time every time i do not know how to work with the algorithm in that regard but yeah yeah, it's uh it's interesting because i will get people from all over the place and um Mm. you know a lot of it you know, my, my knowledge of, of the internet and, and what's out there is I know most of it's just garbage. Um, yeah. Most of the interaction is, is not organic. Right. So, but when right. people are, are actually having conversations uh, or there's a real person behind the question or the accusation, yeah. I yeah. will, um, I'll try to take the time to figure out how to communicate um, some topics are a lot easier than others, you know, like, mm. you know, if we're talking about mortgage rates and, and the cost of living, there's hard data for that. Yes. So, right. Uh, but one thing that is hard, and I think especially, uh, within the Southern, uh, the Southern cadence is race and racism because, mm. you know, I, I was not raised to understand systemic and social racism. I yeah. was under, I was raised and understood racism to be interpersonal. Yes. And so as long as I accept you and I'm not mean to you or uh, treat you ill or anything like that, then I'm not a racist. But, you know, at the right. same time, there are things that I could be contributing to that are creating uh, obstacles or disadvantages for those groups of people. Mm. Um, and it's kind of it's a little hard to have those conversations because as soon as you say race or racist or racism, that's yeah that's we're taught that that's one of the worst things you can be but at the same time being programmed to be just that man isn't that wild isn't that wild so weird (laughs) Um, so you so yeah you engage with that it doesn't seem like you're shy about it and so i imagine i mean a conversation in this context is very different than in person but it is true we you know i don't know what how old you are but probably around the same generation at least being a racist is the worst thing you can call someone however our right. parents generation basically ended se- you know legal segregation so right. how did that shift happen but you know with what i notice at least you know from our vantage point as white middle-aged guys you know mm-hmm. um who are trying to have this conversation you talking about racism must have come from somewhere because you weren't raised with systemic thinking. You were raised with, you know, we have this hyper individualistic way of approaching life in America. Was there some experience or some series of experiences for you that you can point to that made that shift? 
Yeah, there are quite a few. Um, and you, you kind of touched on two, two separate but conjoined ones. And mm. like, I've always had this thing, like I was raised and I uh, was raised uh, by a teenage mother initially and with my great grandmother. So mm. predominantly, I was with my great grandmother and uh in this old neighborhood in 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 town and we knew everyone like Mm. every person in that community even as a kid i knew their name and they knew who i was and like my great grandmother would get out and weed her garden and work in the yard until sweat ran and dripped off of her (laughs) nose every single day and then two or three of the neighbors would come over and have a sweet tea on the porch Mm. and now i don't i don't know who my neighbors are yeah right just there's some assholes next door (laughs) and it's like that like shift in interpersonal relationships of community like so there's that that sense of me of like i i feel like i saw a shift in community drip away into this hyper individualistic society Mm. like i feel like i watched that walk off into the horizon with my great-grandmother so to speak wow and so that that is something that i think about all the time and then you know the other you know being uh, like i said was raised in a in a in for the area at least a fairly diverse um community and school Mm. but i can specifically remember a couple key points and times where friends shifted to racism wow and i would just be like why why don't why don't you like Travis anymore what are you talking about we grew up with this kid what are you why are you why are you saying these things wow and so you know you're like i don't have that i don't have that feeling towards this person for no reason yeah where did that come from and yeah you realize that that's you know over time in hindsight that these this, these things are being taught to these kids yes at early ages and it's like wow that's frightening <laughs> yeah that we're is all, we're, we're slowly losing uh. and, and devolving as, as a community to these hyper individualists and then mm. we're losing that connection to each other yes um, and that happens in the strangest ways I, my you know my daughter started going to this uh, and this isn't necessarily my favorite thing but you know we're trying not to indoctrinate my kid with the way I think, but she, she has a friend who goes to a, a youth group. It's an evangelical church. Yeah. And she was having a conversation with a couple of other white kids that go to this, this church. My daughter lives in a very diverse city and then the schools, mm-hmm. um, they are majority people of color, uh, m- many immigrants from Haiti and from Cape okay. Verde. Um, and so they're talking about how the city that she lives in is ghetto. And, yeah. and, the way the conversations they're having, if you, if you and I were to hear it, would be like, wow, that's just blatant racism. Mm-hmm. But these kids, these kids, they're young, right? And they yeah. probably are being raised by parents who would shudder at the thought of right. being called racist. Right. And, but exactly. this is how the cycle continues, right? It's just these, oh, that city? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We don't. Yeah. That's kind of ghetto. What do you mean yeah. when you say ghetto? What does that mean? What, yeah. and, what does that mean? And, but Where we don't hear, down? we don't hear that pushback, right? As kids, we right. like, white kids we don't hear the pushback of what do you mean when you say ghetto right um and and who are you referring to that lives in those places well what are your towns made up of who's there right. is that a ghetto no probably not so you had this experience of growing up with people who are you know uh black folks white folks and then there started to be a shift at some point in those relationships 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like as you got older, or was it still well, like I mean, at a we're pretty? Still, we're still kids. Like yeah. I mean, there wow. Was, there was there was a uh, day when we left school in middle school because there was going to be a race riot. Wow. Like that. Like that happened, which was weird. <laughs> when was this? Uh, this I was. This was seventh grade, something like that. Wow. Yeah. So there was uh that was interesting to experience again because like you know the same kids i went to elementary school with we yes. grew up together and then all of a sudden there's this um shift um wow and uh it uh yeah that has always left an impression on me i'm sure yeah, yeah. and they they do i mean the younger you are the easier it is to make that shift in life but mm-hmm. so earlier on, like, did you find yourself in high school and college having difficult times with white folks talking about things that maybe were racist ideas or like, when did you start to understand or get accustomed to the language that is around systemic racism and, and social justice? I would say it's, it's kind of been like piecemeal over many years. Mm. Um, and, um, early on through through hip-hop and things of that nature i i became more and more exposed to um, elements of the black community that ne- weren't necessarily uh going to find their way into the hands of a southern white kid right <laughs> um, so i had always always uh grown up uh loving that aspect of of the the black community and, and mm. my friendships and then through that finding you know the my Angelou's and the bell hooks and the Michael Max's and the Shana Shakur's and you know over over the course of many years hearing what I thought was you know a good song being being translated now into a book written by someone's lived experience Uh. you start to have that that shift in okay this isn't entertainment this is (laughs) this is a real thing happening all around us and then again when you start to look around you you go okay this is happening here Mm. this is everywhere this is you know it's maybe maybe i'm not in south central la but that experience is still someone's experience here Mm. That's really, that's a really interesting thing that you just said about how it's not entertainment, it's someone's lived experience. And it, 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 for people that grew up not in that way, it's, it's like you're, you're giving, being given a tour of something that you just would right. never have access to. Another right. thing, my daughter uh, recently, you know, through TikTok, thank you, got introduced to Tupac, <laughs> who I grew up loving. Yes. yes. You know? And so we started listening to some of his songs and changes came on, you know, and, and he's got all, it's this meta analysis in some ways yeah. of a lot of things. And, and she's like, wait, people were talking about this in the mid nineties. I'm like, people were talking about this. Like, <laughs> um, it wasn't the conversation that white people were having necessarily, right, but we, we exactly. were, we were hearing it. We just didn't know. Cause we thought of it as right. entertainment or yeah. on, remember this on talk shows, people would say like rap was dangerous. Oh yes, oh, and yeah. and was all this stuff um, really? If we were listening, which we just don't do very well, right. um, we would be hearing some things that might really help us to see other people's perspectives. Right, um, right. 
So you, I, yeah, you I always listen. say those were the seeds, you know, those yeah. seeds I took with me. And, you know, and, <laughs> That's good. And then eventually those seeds uh, started to be watered. Um, how so, so? How so? How would you say they were watered? Yeah, just through, like I said, through, you know, a continued exposure to and just, just life experience. Like, yeah. Like you're saying that you know we don't listen as well and as a kid i didn't listen you know yeah. i was being entertained and i but i was still an observant kid um, mm. because obviously these things are i'd still have these memories so they <laughs> right. stuck with me for some reason yeah um you know but as i you know i grew out of you know my angsty angstiness and uh grew into accepting uh the, the changes into adulthood and looking and listening more that's when all of this stuff that I had packed in, into my yeah. um, memory banks and subconscious, so to speak, started to really show itself and speak. Yeah. And um, you know, it, it, the workplace was an, another place where I would see this. And mm. um, it was just, it's, it's everywhere. And yeah. So once you well, start to look right. and listen, yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it is in many ways. Like I, when I was a pastor, I used to use the matrix example very often. I just, you know, like it's once you see, you can't unsee kind I of thing. I literally have that in my notes. That's funny. Yeah. 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 It's, like, it's, yeah it's, it's, yeah. I mean, you have to make that choice. You, you, you can go back into the matrix, so to speak. It's I mean, true. You can, you can be the guy who's eating <laughs> the steak and talking about, you know, yes. how uh, ignorance is bliss. But, um, you know, the reality is it's not. And that's, no. um, and you may like this or appreciate this from the evangelical perspective. If, you know, <laughs> some, some people can read the words of Jesus and be compelled to be kind and live his words. Right. Other people need the fear of hell yes you know and yes so, um, it's true the same with i think with with racism my big thing is that yes racism is is alive and well and real but racism is a mechanism of class mm. and it is it is a much bigger issue it is just the easiest mechanism by which to control class yes. separation absolutely um, so the 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 threat of hell is still there for for everyone it's just that right now that hell only is a reality for a few. Mm. Um, that is really profound. And I think that the uh, thing that people don't pay enough attention to in this conversation is how those things intersect. And when you have conversations as white people about like, I don't, I don't care about skin color. That's where it goes. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. because it's true, right? They don't Yes. like no one actually cares no. about someone's skin color. But they right. do care about their culture and their right. and their class. They do care about those things and right. who ends up being right. in, in particular situations that are undesirable. Right. Not not as many people that look like you and I. Yes, they, they do. Right. Um, right. but per capita, it's not the case. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, and then me and my whole thing is that like just that, creating or allowing for the existence of any other to look down upon in an effort to raise yourself up mm -hmm. is just gross to me. That's, yes. <laughs> um, that's, oh, God.
It is. Yeah. There was, I heard the most interesting thing about, um, I, I forget exactly where this falls in the Bible, but it's, uh, it's when, uh, a man is sent to hell or, you know, sent away hmm. and he looks up and he calls for his servant who I think is Lazarus Yes, to bring I... him a drip of water. <laughs> yes. And it was, the idea that this person even in hell had authority over someone else Oof, there it is right was like uh, not something that i had ever been taught about that story before it's more about like hell is so bad he is just begging for a drip of water but no this man still thinks he has authority over another human yes that can bring him a drop of water oh and that's wild and has wild. probably an entire lived experience of not understanding that person's hell Oh, that, that's, that's it. I mean, you're, you're so right that, that the fact that that story could be used to say anything other than power dynamics and right. how we treat the poor compared to what, you know, right. it's about hell. I mean, it, that is the last thing that that story is about. <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, the, those, those class divisions, the, this belief that somehow you're impervious to stooping down and walking alongside other people who are right. also human is a wild, wild thing. Right. And I'm always the most interested in how it is that people, you know, awaken to this stuff and whatever, right. whatever it is that causes your awakening. Um, once you can't, once you like see it, the, like you said, you see it at your job, you see it in every aspect of life. Is there a way in particular that comes to mind when you've seen it at your job? Um, I, so I can say not at my current job because I'm um, a, a very small company and okay. we work remotely, but I've worked for another company <laughs> and um, it what they would um, run around to gather people for either photos or to like get into a room and they would always grab my black friend jared mm -hmm. um and then they would want they were like we need a tattooed guy <laughs> <laughs> always <laughs> like so you just you're just checking off like what sort of representation you want to have you gotta yeah we have we have more function here than to <laughs> appear as though you have fulfilled some <laughs> diversification <laughs> checklist for whoever your next client is but, there it is yeah yeah um but i you know i've had friends that were on um um cultural sensitivity um groups and mm. it's just like just like talking talking into a void you know it it's, really it really is because the these these uh institutions are are built for one reason and that's to expand right um their their purpose is to grow and right. when you talk about social issues, unless, mm -hmm. unless it, you know, in our current culture, you know, it'll be pride month. So you'll see a bunch of flags mm -hmm. out or it'll be black history month and you'll see a bunch of stuff and then it goes away. Then in right. some way it's beneficial to your bottom line, but if it's not, you're not going to address it. Right. So right. these diversity councils are to appease people and right. all they really end up doing right. is just chatting um, yeah. in a way that maybe makes us feel better about ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I, I do think that it's an interesting, the way that you approach, I think what I was initially drawn to you is the way that you approach 
this stuff is is a matter of justice in my opinion it's it's right. a matter of what's what's right um right. And while I don't necessarily think of right and wrong the same way that I used to, I still like right, with right. when it comes to this stuff, it it's just feels so gross and right. you don't seem to have any regard for how it's going to affect your well-being. Right. Is, is there in any way that you've seen an, uh, a negative impact the way that maybe you'd categorize it in your life for going towards these things? Or is it like intrinsically fulfilling enough in a way where you just couldn't do it any other way? Um, that's a good question. I, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't observed any negative impact. Um, but you know, I know that such things can exist. Um, you know, it's, um, it's one thing to speak on the internet. It's another thing for things that happen in the real world and, and mm. ever the two grow closer, the more you expose yourself online. So, which is what you do, um, though. That's the thing. Like you're hyper, yes, yeah, you're... <laughs> yeah. and I'm hyper local too. You're hyper local so. in an amazing way. Like, I just i I find that really inspiring because yeah. that that you are. I mean, the world is global at this point. You just can say anything, right. and you know, something happens in Colorado, like the tragedy from yesterday, and it's like everyone feels it as though they're there. Right. Um. And I. I think there is a genuine desire for people to feel more connected to their place. Yes. Yes. And, and that you... is something that is an experience that I'm still searching for. Right. Mm. Like I, 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 there's one little TikTok that I'm pretty proud of, but it's like, you know, me questioning that we, my wife and I went on a like six months uh, road trip and we were kind of looking to leave the South and we're hoping to like, you know, mm. find that, find that place, find mm. that place. And, you know, really, <laughs> I joke, but like we came away and I was like, well, you know, what, what, what do you want your backdrop of your Walmart to look like? I love that's, that. I that's, love that. that's what you have. Like that is like, we can, we might could find like a, you know, a place here or there that had some things, but you know, the reality is that, you know, this hyper individualist capitalistic society is everywhere. There's no, it's ever reaching. There's, there's nowhere that's exempt from it. Yes. Um, and so we came back and um kind of you know decided to you know can't you can't be halfway in halfway out like mm. let's just go all in here and so yeah that's where you know again a lot of where this hyper local stuff came from just um trying to connect to the community more here and reconnect with um the place and see if i can build that connection to the place yeah um that I have, you know, for most of my life, tried to get away from. <laughs> That's so good. I enjoy that TikTok, by the way. It's, uh, <laughs> I think you, you do talk about the things that are home, right? You both kind of right. came to this place of friends and this, you know, some pictures of what that might feel like. Right. And uh, I think that's really profound. It's like, okay, this is where we're going to be. So now what? How are we going to be? Yeah, How exactly. are we going to be here? Yeah. That question is always going to be at our, in front of our minds right because we're you know we're handed something this is right. where this is where you're gonna live because this is where we live and then and then what what do you do yeah. with where you live exactly. uh, and i think it becomes harder and harder now to be present in where you live so yes i do really and, appreciate that yeah and and then you know being older and trying to move somewhere else it's like 
making friends in your <laughs> 30s and early 40s man God, my girlfriend so and i we talk about this all the time like what how do adults make friends do i even want to yeah. like you know like especially leaving the tradition that I did, it's a very different thing where it's a natural, yeah. Hey, you go to church on Sunday. Right. Oh, right. I met the new, did you meet the new couple? Let's go meet, you know, and like you instant. Yeah. So there is this loss, yeah. right. That happens when you move away from those kinds oh, of things. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But it's hard. It's hard to make friends when you're in your late thirties. You know, the, the workplace, you know, like a lot yes. of that, you know, with COVID that happened and, yeah. uh, you know, I've been remote. You know, for several years and so don't like you find friends at work and stuff like that right <laughs> and so now it's like not anymore we're, we're working from home and we don't have like you know we're not involved in something like a church and it's like yeah you really like press into the um, relationships you do have and then try to close these spheres of your collection of friends and their collection of friends and just kind of mm. bridge the gap so to speak to build this community that uh otherwise would not exist right i mean it is like a new form of what is what is the thing that connects us together where do we find those right. things is so difficult yeah. okay so i do have a there's so much more i could talk to you about but there's a question that just came up there for me since you rejected pretty hardcore the evangelical church early mm -hmm. on um and yet you have my experience of and this is just the way that my mind is conditioned to think that when we discuss things that matter to us it's like it's deeply uh connected to the earth and spirituality the way that i think about it now is mm -hmm. there any kind of um i don't know spiritual metaphysical philosophical thing that like connects you that you feel connected to um that you and your wife maybe participate in or that you get life from i would say that that's ever evolving in a sense um I went uh, pretty hard atheist for for the longest time, and yeah. then uh, grew a little bit more into kind of a um, a quote unquote spiritual kind of a thing. Where you know, what if you know, there's a connectedness to all of this, like this, you know, yeah, there's something to all of us, and how, and I've had some. Uh, extracurricular experiences where you <laughs> kind of uh it's almost like you slipstream into the existence of someone else wow and wow and then you're 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 this passenger for a second behind someone else's eyes and that's amazing <laughs> and it's so that just leads me more and more into believing you know whether it's like a a buddhist -y kind of um you know a hmm. buddhist or um uh hindu kind of uh ever connectedness everything is everything is god everything is god is experiencing it itself you yeah know? and yeah yeah um maybe that's i would cool. fall kind of into that that's um, cool i'm not i don't have my thumb particularly on what i believe but uh yeah i am more spiritual and more into um love as a focus than i ever was so nice yeah that's very cool yeah i think i think the rational thing to do when you reject the the evangelical god 
is to be an atheist because that's the yeah. only that's well no because that's the that's only the thing you're presented you with yeah right so if that's two options yeah if that's god and i don't believe in that then i don't believe in anything you know um right and i think i hung around long enough where i didn't i knew that that wasn't the only option right so when i left it was always like oh so you're an atheist now I'm like no yeah. i yeah, just right you know, i don't know what i don't know what right, right. i think it, because who knows <laughs> right but i'm open i'm curious and i have wonder and that's yeah. enough for me yeah right and I, I have problem with forced dichotomies um just <laughs> in general like i you know I, I don't think i think the amount of things that are truly binary are so small that we shouldn't be caught up on any of them completely and, uh, everything <laughs> else is a is a broad spectrum perhaps uh an infinite spectrum by which we could never understand so i love that uh, okay that's yeah. beautiful all right so you're working on i saw one one of the TikToks. one of my favorite of yours was the trap church one um, <laughs> is that still is that still a saga that's happening and anyone that anyone I that's mean, listening you got to check out um sort of southern your your TikTok page to see this one it's one of your pinned videos the trap church yeah one. that you know that whole thing to me like i, I called bullshit on it when, I, when it popped up um, yeah you know, I don't know this man. Uh, I know people that know him. Um, mm. Very few people have uh, glowing reviews, um, but it's it's for sale. And I think the last update I did is that he got the city to rezone it for um, multi multi use <laughs> development, and so he stands to make off his four hundred thousand dollar investment anywhere from two and a half to fourteen million. So wow. So. It just uh, kind of depends on what happens, but it is, uh, it's for sale. And I think he's kind of just let it go. So this is like one example of gentrification that you probably see all over the place. Is this, is, is gentrification a word that you hear used a lot in your context, or is it something that not a lot of leaders or politicians are talking about? I would about? say it's not a lot of, not not on the community's tongue as much as it should be. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and quite frankly, I'm I probably could be accused of gentrification because when I moved back here, I was just like, Oh, I found a great house. And then you look around and you're like, Oh shit, this used to be a black community. Mm. <laughs> you're like, Oh God. All right. Damn. I, I did this. Yeah. Um, well, that's a rare, that's a rare internal thought that right, people have. Right. It's like awareness of, Oh, this, what this land was, Right. It's not always been occupied by people that right. Look like the, the 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 physicality of, of this area is that it's uh, I mean it was a huge uh, financial mecca for uh, you know the original industrialization for mm. you know, for uh, textiles and and things of that nature and so we have just a a mess of factories and old mills and things of that nature so yeah. Yeah. Uh, over the course of the last 15 or so years, all of those have been turned into, or predominantly almost all of them have been turned into mixed use development, you know, apartments and uh, retail and things of that nature. Um, and through that, the small and and poor communities around them, <clears throat> whether they were built for the, the poor white or the poor black communities have uh, suffered because of the cost of living increase. Right. So they take over, they take over an area, the people that are there don't benefit from that takeover. Right. In fact, they get harmed by it. Yeah. Um, Their that taxes is, go up. You know, yeah. All of that. So yeah, that's the definition of 
Hey, you go out this way. Um, we'll build we'll build some high rise buildings or something that you probably can barely even afford to live there. Um, right. So people get pushed out. Wealthier people come in. And for those that aren't aware, right? Like, so especially nowadays, it's not like someone's researching the history of their town before they move to it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why, you know, I give people shit that one of the people talk about Yankees coming into like it is it is it is 2022 it is not 1879 like yankees and they think you're a yankee because you got a red sox on you're from the north (laughs) get out of here um and it is you know so people really do use that expression oh yes yes i probably have people in my family that use that expression i mean the the um the 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 prejudice goes both ways because Mm -hmm. I know that I grew up thinking of the South as dumb and racist Mm -hmm. uh, up here. And, and my, my family didn't talk about people in the South that way, but it's just in the water up here. You, you talk about Mm -hmm. Tennessee, South Carolina, Alabama. It's like, Oh, they're, they're just stupid um, and racist. So, you know, like and my I, my sister-in-law is from Tennessee. Her She gets made fun of for her accent on a constant basis. Mm-hmm. And the insinuation yeah. is that she's not smart. Right. Uh, and and it's like that that is sick. It's just a sickness that we, in every way, like you mentioned earlier, we're just trying to find one way so that we can look down on a person mm-hmm. if, just yeah, to make I mean, ourselves feel better. Yeah. I mean, the country never did heal from that. Uh, that no. War. So yeah, you call it like uh, reconstruction was was not really <laughs> much of a thing. No. 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 Um, um yeah, so you were you have you have within your within your local context, you're doing a lot. Do you have a podcast yourself? Not yet. I'm uh, working on I think we're working towards that. You you definitely should. And you have that, like your voice is like made for this thing, (laughs) but, but also that, you know, I'm curious, the more that you lean into this stuff, um, how much there's going to be a space for you to really talk into the issues that people are facing. I'm confident there are people in your area that are aware of these things too, and want a bigger conversation about it. Yeah. Is the, are are there places where that could be happening? I don't know. Um, and maybe those are questions I need to be asking of the community. Um, because, you know, I do find and I you know, I try to read all the comments on, on the videos and, and interact as best I can. So I know that there are a nice. lot of people here um, thinking and feeling the same way mm. um, and are like minded. And, you know, I've I go out and I'll have friends be like, oh, somebody sent me your TikTok. And I'm like, that's just weird. <laughs> but that's cool. You know, I was actually cool. at dinner with somebody and uh, he got it. His buddy sent him a TikTok and he was like, yeah, I'm having dinner with him now. So. <laughs> that's so strange. Yeah. Well, okay. Mike, that might be the result of of being local. And I don't like, yeah, yeah. you know, that, I, that you're talking about those it. issues and it goes to yeah. people in that area. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're going to yeah. become like a local celebrity there, man. Yeah, fortunately, I've not been like nobody has been like, "Hey, I know you from." It's like, oh God, not, well, that's I'm not ready for that. That's where it could happen be, because because the algorithm will not know what to do with you. It'll go yeah. to people in your area that probably are not fans of yours. Oh yeah, I get them. They 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 let me know. Yeah, well, that'll that'll become an interesting thing though because you know 
it doesn't seem to me like you're the kind of person that would uh become obsessed with like notoriety like you care about these issues that's why you're talking about them right um and that ends up being one of the things that you i don't know that you experience because of your context um this sort of uh woke people trying to one-up each other thing um you don't have you don't seem to be like surrounded by a bunch of people that are talking about the same thing doing the same thing is that something that you kind of long for is a community conversation where this can you know, change shape in some way. I, I mean, I, I think that would be great. Um, I, th- I think again, probably speaking back to just the the generalist of of who I am, like the the life's algorithm finds it hard for me to find spaces that like I fit into because you know I'm uh, you know a tattooed white southern guy that loves horror movies and heavy metal and also <laughs> loves you know jazz and blues and hip-hop and yes uh french and foreign cinema and I, i'm just like so varied in the things that i like what i don't like is a lot of like really boring ass southern shit so <laughs> uh, <laughs> well that is interesting because if you can't if you can't categorize something you don't know what to do with it or a person. Yeah. And... but yeah yeah but speaking to like a, a greater community like reach the yeah i, I think that would be great uh, it's not something I had put a lot of thought into, but maybe I should um, figure I out mean, how to get a little bit more connected uh, in real life to uh, people in these issues and uh, maybe um, help more voices get out there because, again, talking about it on the internet's one thing uh, that's not going to solve problems. So it may change some minds or it may plant some seeds and, you know, that's not to uh, dismiss, um, be dismissive of what its impact could be, but yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I think the value that I've found in the internet, you know, I reluctantly got onto TikTok after, you know, let's do the podcast. And then it was like, all right, I'll use this space for that. Um, that the solidarity is a very important thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm long, you know, my deconstruction is over. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, but there's so many people going through it and there's so many people that went through it alone. I did. Mm -hmm. And so there's now this, you know, connection is huge. And you, you talk about this with home. Um, you know, if you don't have around you in a physical place, the people that feel like, oh, they get me because, you know, um, you might have like a community of people that love heavy metal. And so like you go to a show (laughs) with that person, but they may not be able to go there with you with all the other things right right. so having the space to meet people that are also have range which i'm definitely going to check that out uh is is a uh is a lovely thing other than that it it really is just like you know who's changing their minds when they're getting confronted with stuff right um but yeah that's uh but i i you you opened me up to a world i never would have known Um, and I appreciate that because that's, that is the, like, for me, this, like just endlessly curious and I'm a civics teacher. I want to know about what's Uh, going on in all these other places. Um, so you, you definitely are like an Mm. educational aspect of TikTok to me and you've got some entertaining responses to some of these people. (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I am, I'm not a a naturally patient person. (laughs) It takes me. It takes me a while 
to get those uh, balanced responses. <laughs> uh, uh, my wife good. gets to see the behind the scenes. That's good. So. That's good. That's what partners are for. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the reality is, you know, nobody's, nobody's ever changed somebody's mind by yelling at them. So no, um, and, no. And yeah, I've never seen you. I haven't seen you do that, but I've maybe followed your stuff long enough, but you do have this like patient approach that you, when you're laying out content, it just like is sequential and it makes sense. Like, wow. Pick it, you know, people do, well, people do need to see pieces put together, you know, right. and like, and, and yeah, that's, I, I learned of something that you've heard of like Occam's razor, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, the, I heard of another razor called Harlan's razor. Oh, I don't know if you've heard of that one. No. And it is, um, do uh, i'm gonna butcher it a little bit but do not assign malice to which can be explained by stupidity mm. um, and even i think stupidity is a little bit harsh in that but you know don't don't assign to malice what can be ascribed to ignorance ignorance you know, is a better ignorance yeah. ignorance to me is you know i lived in ignorance for a while you know, yes we've all lived in ignorance and i'm ignorant of many things and yeah. um you know but you talk about being curious i'm hyper curious i am um I'm always looking to learn. Mm. Um, not everybody is, and some people um, do not receive things well and may hold on to ideas that we would want to call malicious or evil. But mm. a lot of times they're just ignorant. Like, they just don't know any better. I mean, the the whole heritage not hate thing here in the South is very real. Yes. Um, and then me, I get really mad about it because I know the heritage is hate. You just haven't looked at the heritage. Um, but like you just sit down and have like a beer or a meal with these people and they're not, they're not hateful people. Right. They're just holding on to an ignorant ideology that has been pressed in upon them. And, and then when so, confronted with that ignorance, that's when people get their backs up and that's when it looks right, like. It creates dissonance, you know, yes. it creates that, that discomfort. Like, hold on, you're telling me something that I think hurtful but i don't think i'm being hurtful and yeah. so yeah you're gonna buck up and the southern man's gonna buck up most times anyways yeah just, that's the south 